This is AJ welcoming you to another episode of Sex and Lattes. Uh, and today I actually have a latte with me. It is a plain good old latte that I took away maybe four or five hours ago and I'm still working on it. I'm very slow to take in my lattes. Anyway, so today's episode will be about anal sex and anal coffee. It's all about anal today. Considering that my last episodes were a bit more scientific, I will give a little more personal take on anal sex. Now, I still remember the first night I had anal sex and it was by accident. And you might ask, how does one have anal sex by accident? Well, let me tell you. So that night was actually prom night at my high school. I mean, I have had sex before, but me and my boyfriend at the time decided to rent a hotel room on like the top floor. Um, I had like a whole outfit planned out that he was going to rip off, which did happen. And you know, like it was very hot, like it was a very sexy, uh, you know, time and I was very wet, like everything was very wet. So as he was having, you know, normal vaginal sex with me, it, um, slipped from the vagina into my anus and caused me to roll up into the fetal position rather fast. It was extremely unexpected and painful. <laughs> I remember I needed a couple of minutes uh, to recuperate, but uh, uh, as trooper as I was, I didn't care. So we continued having sex and that was actually one of the few nights that I don't remember how I fell asleep. But it was uh, my first experience with it. I don't remember when I um, started having anal sex like on purpose, uh, but I know that it's it's it varies so much. It's, it really depends on the type of mood you're in. Like sometimes the same penis. I mean, I had different size penises, but it doesn't really matter if you're in the right mood for it, because then it doesn't hurt. But other times it hurts a lot. Like there's this stinging sensation, or like yes, the the sensation that you just can't take it. But other times you can. It's really quite fascinating. I mean, obviously some people attribute that to you know being tense or scared of it. Uh, but I don't know, like, I didn't feel tense or scared. It just sometimes it fits and other times it doesn't, even though it feels like my state of mind is the same. But I think the desire for anal sex has to be there. So I guess that's what most people want to have. Uh, besides that, I, I don't know, sometimes I, I get the urge for anal sex, but it's not that often. It is not um, something that I crave for. I did for a while... Um, the boyfriend that I originally by accident had the anal sex with, he became my ex, but we still ended up having sex. So I remember towards the end of us having sex, I quite enjoyed anal sex, to be honest. Um, other than that, there was only one time I masturbated using anal beads, but um, yeah, that only happened. Big of an interest, but you know, sometimes you just feel up for it, like a certain food... Um, that you crave from time to time, but don't really think about it on your day-to-day -day basis. Uh, so that is my personal story of anal sex that has uh, uh, come out of the blue, like it was a very shocking um, experience that night. Uh, also, coincidentally, that was the first time I came with uh, that uh, ex. Uh, so that was a, a night of many firsts. Uh, 
besides that, what can I, what, what else can I say about anal sex that might be of interest? Maybe something more in the scientific aspect. Um, I mean, f for men, there's obviously the prostate gland, which can cause stimulation. I mean, sometimes when you go to the doctors, they will stimulate the prostate gland to get some semen out. But, you know... Um, and as for women, yeah, I'm pretty sure it like hits the vagina wa walls and it also has like that sort of sensation, the good kind of sensation. I mean, obviously it's very well innervated zone. A lot easier to get um, a sexually transmitted disease through that or infections. I'm not sure. They keep changing the name. It's either STDs or STIs. I think it's STIs now. I mean, the archaic term is venereal disease. But yeah, it's a lot easier to get that through the anus because um, I guess it's not as equipped to take in things as it is to give things out so it's easier to break the vessels um, so it's a lot easier to bleed during it uh, but uh, yes anal sex is a thing and as mentioned in the previous episode maybe it would require a bit more cleanup um, oh god that reminds me of that uh, <laughs> the two girls one one cup video uh, with the two girls uh I think, did they poop in the ice cream thing and then they eat it or something? I'm not even sure that was real poop. I mean, like, obviously people do the enema cleaning and stuff. So, oh man, so many sounds. There's like a bling on the thing on my computer. There's a bling on my phone. My cat's here. It's a lot of things happening at once. Anywho, so how will I tie this into... <laughs> <laughs> coffee well as i mentioned in the last episode there is an animal called the now i have the name asian palm civet uh with the name uh, paradoxurus hermaphroditus but it's not a hermaphrodite but <laughs> maybe fits well in the whole anal topic uh and it's um Basically, it's from the suborder Feliformia, so that's the cat family, I guess. And uh, it's an animal that lives in Asia, and it's kind of, uh, it looks to me a bit like a mongoose or something in the middle of like a monkey and a cat. So, what is special about this animal? Well, it uh, eats the coffee cherries and it poops out the. Uh, well, not all of the cherry still, but like the beans that you use for coffee. And uh, people collect it. Uh, as I read, they do wash them and prepare them. And then they make coffee out of it. And it's supposedly the most expensive coffee in the world. Uh, now, it's called Kopi Luvak, uh, which is the, the name of the coffee that's produced by this Asian palm civet. Apparently, the difference from it as opposed to the other coffees is that caffeine content is a bit lower. And now, as I mentioned in the previous episode, uh, coffee is uh, can be do done through that wet process or the non-wet pro process. And with the wet process, the, the water kind of like ferments the pulp of the cherry fruit. Well, basically, when this animal eats it, the digestive tract ferments the cherry fruit in the intestines. And then so it doesn't need to go through that wet process like the animal does it for them. And they basically say that uh, this animal picks like the best and the ripest fruits. So obviously it's going to be the best kind of coffee. 
Uh, and then I, I read something rather interesting, why this whole thing started. I mean, <laughs> I guess it is not often that uh, people collect... Um, uh, I don't know, uh, material from poop to be digested or like not to be digested per se, but to be produced into food stuff. Um, so apparently uh, it was um, when the Dutch settled in the Asian areas, they prohibited the native farmers from picking the coffee fruits. So they went sort of say around about it and started collecting them from this animal's droppings. And they roasted it, and apparently the flavor was really good, and it caught on with the Dutch settlers that produced those, um, how do you say, uh, the coffee plantations. Uh, so I think that is a rather interesting way to go about it when you're prohibited from uh, getting something to get it through this animal. They're like the middleman of coffee. Um, Though, uh, yeah, I mean, reading a little bit more about it, um, it seems that the civet coffee is a bit of a, uh, I don't know how to explain it, like a, oh man, what's that word when something is uh, uh, like, um, uh, like a gimmick? Yes, that's the one. Uh, so it's a bit of a gimmick, uh, but because some of the coffee tasters said that... Um, I don't know, it's a, not that the flavor is bland. Like, obviously, they could tell the difference between the coffee produced by the civet animal as opposed to the ones that are hand-picked. But it, I think they said the flavor was a bit more watery from what I read online and less flavorful. Now, I have no reference because I never tried that coffee. I remember once they were selling it, but it cost quite a bit. It was like 20 euros for like a really tiny packet. So I, I mean, I didn't buy it. I, I, I mean, I like buying my coffee out. So, <laughs> um, But maybe next time I should try to get my hands on and actually try it. Uh, but from what I understood, apparently just, um, as I said, more of a gimmick rather than a, uh, how do you say, substantially better coffee. And I guess uh, uh, they also write a little bit about that of mistreatment of the animals because now when the um, demand for the coffee rises, uh, they keep them in cages and then they just feed them the coffee cherries instead of letting, letting them pick out the ones that they would prefer. Uh, maybe that also skews up the results because they're just feeding them coffee cherries nonstop that have uh, no better or worse value. Um, but yeah. So that is rather interesting. Uh, I can't think of any other foods that uh, we collect from animal poop. But uh, yes, apparently, I mean, they do wash it off. I'm not sure how that process goes, but hopefully it is a thorough enough. But I guess um, the drying process of the coffee beans afterwards would destroy any further bacteria, one would hope. So uh, that has been the anal episode of today. Um, I am not sure what the next episode will be about, but maybe I will look into a list of topics that people wanted me to talk about and we'll pick one of them. I remember something about kinks and orgasms. Anywho, I hope today has been uh, interesting and uh, I will see you next time well I will not see you as I said that last time but I will be in your ears next time have a lovely day